Welcome to the Connected Teamwork Podcast by Growth Leaders Network. How do we learn to truly thrive together? How do we stay connected to our authentic selves, each other, and our purpose as a team, especially when challenged? How do we unlock the deeper levels of group intelligence? Enjoy this episode of the Connected Teamwork Podcast and learn practical tools to evolve the connectedness of your team to its next level. Welcome to episode 19 of the Connected Teamwork podcast. I am your host, Hilke Faber. I'm here today by myself. My colleagues had other commitments that could not be changed. And today we're going to be talking about conflict and undiscussables. So as we go into this topic, I invite you for a moment just to check in with yourself and think about what this word conflict brings up in you. Is that a happy feeling? Is it a tension? Uh, do you feel peace? Is it something you look forward to? It's interesting how we're wired. Most people that I ask this question will say something about conflict as it's something that we don't necessarily want. We like something that we would call peace or harmony. And in that lies a key, because there may be a different way to look at conflict that actually suggests that maybe conflict is not a place where there's no peace. Maybe we can be in conflict, have an argument with somebody, and still be at peace. I often find when I'm in conflict with somebody that my nervous system starts to look at the other person as the enemy. And I'm going to have to take a stand against this person. Uh, I have to defend myself. And uh, the mm, nice connection that we had, uh, the comfort of being together, seems no longer to be available. So how do we actually approach conflict in a different way? Because conflict is part of leadership. Conflict is part of being working in organization conflict is part of working with other humans if we don't want to have conflict we probably shouldn't be a human even we have conflicts within ourselves where we have opposing thoughts that that look that want us to be thinking one way or the other so conflict is part of the human experience so how do we work with conflict in a way that we may even look forward to it or as something that is part of life or something where at least we do not lose connection with what we value most. And I can't prescribe to you what you value most. And I invite you to think about this question as one way to work with conflict, which is to say, before I even engage in the conflict, what is most important to me? What's most important to me? What is truly most important to me? And then connect with that first. And when I think about what is most important to me, that is truth and that is love. That is being connected to, this, you could say, the sense of presence, the sense of stillness, the sense of peace. That is always here. That's 
always here. So I invite you for a moment to think about this or to contemplate this for a second. What is what it is that is always here and allow yourself to become present, to become even more present. Ask yourself on a scale from one to 10, how present am I right now? Where 10 is, I am so present as I would be when I held my first newborn in my arms and I looked at them. Or maybe I didn't have children. I asked somebody to go on a date with me that I really wanted to go on a date with. Or I was in music in music or in nature and I was totally overwhelmed by that. Being totally present. Ten. In that experience, more the more present we get, the, the more we experience in this moment potentially this sense of deeper stillness, this sense of always here, this sense of maybe love or joy or whatever you want to call that. As soon as we start to label it, it already loses its power. So it's like grounding ourselves in that deeper place. And so from that deeper place, if that's what's most important to us, then what does conflict look like? I know what it looks like when I'm in my head from basically my chin up, like conflict looks like something and I have to go through. There's a risk of me rejecting somebody is a risk of being rejected. I have to be right. I have to find a way through this. It feels like a battle. When I go into presence, when I go into a deeper place, conflict starts to look at some like something that I can almost take a walk around. Notice it's not so linear. I can just walk around it and see it as something to be explored, like a crossroads or a new junction that I get to explore. And I know that whatever happens, I can unconditionally center myself in this presence and my true values, whatever happens. I'm not going to give my power to an outcome or to a person or to something happening. So that allows me to stay present in conflict. Actually, I've been thinking about conflict as a way that we can compare to Aikido. Maybe you've heard about Aikido, the martial art of Aikido. And what I was taught in Aikido is that the art of Aikido is actually the art of not mm, putting the other person down, which is what my ego mind wants to do. But actually, it is the art of using the energy that we both have for mutual benefit. So even use the conflicting energy for mutual benefit, for maybe a deeper understanding, more intelligence, more connection, more effectiveness, whatever it is. So how can we apply this martial art as a metaphor in, in conflict? So what I find in conflict that, so as we talked about, the first step for me is to remember to center, to, to bring this sense, be, be centered in what is most important to me, which to me is truth and love and peace and, and sense of presence. And then how do I, you could say, work with conflict? Well, I think about somebody I'm in conflict with in some way right now, and we have a disagreement about how we should approach a project, right? And notice that from the place of ego, I want a quick solution. I want to force my solution. I feel very uneasy. 
I'm I'm also having as from an ego perspective a sense that once I so, uh, solve the conflict, I'm going to be uh, happy again, right? It's like with conflict, ha not happy. Resolve conflict, conflict, happy. Notice from the heart perspective, from this deeper grounded perspective, I'm peaceful already. So I'm not going to try to use the resolution of the conflict for me to be more peaceful. I can actually be grounded in my peace, no matter what happens. So there's a freedom in that. Like there's the thought that I have, which might be this conflict should be resolved is actually not seen through. I was like, that's not true. I can actually, I already was that. That doesn't mean that we then use that as a bypass and not engage in the conflict. There's still, of course, things to do. So when I think about this conflict with a colleague about this project, then it's like, okay, so what's the next step? Thinking about what I could learn from verbal Aikido, from Aikido. I make it verbal. Well, in Aikido, the first step is to center, which we talked about. And then another part of that is to basically engage with the energy of the so-called opponent. So another part of that is to, to really ask. So ask the person that I'm in conflict with, what is truly important to you? Like if we go a little deeper, why is that important to you This to do this project in this particular way? Why is this important to you to do it this way? And my colleague might say something like, well, I really want to serve the client well, or I want to make sure that I do it in a way that uses our talents to the best of its ability or whatever it is. And then it's up, it's, it's up to me to... You could say listen well to really to really listen. That's that's the that's the opening part. That's the the so the asking part. Really listening to the other person. Are, are we really listening to the other person? When I'm not in presence, I can't really listen because I'm only going to listen for what I need for my argument to be validated. But when I'm really listening from a place of openness and presence, I can listen and really engage, embrace what the other person is telling me, you know, and, and this person might say, you know, we should do this project using, um, in this case, particular hypotheses, uh, statements, you could say, to evoke a response in the client, right? And my opinion is, no, we should not use hypotheses. We should go in with open questions. So, if I'm staying in the, I, I should only, we should only use open questions. And my colleague thinks, geez, you know, we need to actually use, be, be very assertive uh, with hypotheses. Then might I, I might think that my colleague is up to no good. But when I really listen to my colleague, I'm like, huh, she may have something to say there. Why does she want to use hypotheses? Why does she want to use hypotheses? And I can physically feel myself going to the other side of the proverbial table or screen if we're working online and put myself in their seat, in her seat in this case. Why might she want us to use hypotheses? And she might tell me, well, in this case, she told me because it's a way for the client to really mm, go to the deeper issues a little faster. 
Oh, I can hear that. And then it's time for me to, to share my truth. So in verbal Aikido, we basically see four or five steps. There's centering. There's engaging with the energy of the so-called opponent, but really a partner, really embracing it. So being with it, not being afraid of it, but actually embracing it. And then playing that back and saying, oh, I hear you want to use just hypotheses. And then uh, extending our, our, op our, our own um, opinion. So then it's time for us to be open, to be really, really honest. And then after that honesty, there's a time for the both, both of the opinions to, to mix together, to coexist. Like, oh, you want to use hypotheses and I want to use open questions. Hmm. How can these things coexist together? How could we both be right? And what could we do based upon this broader perspective where you say you want to use more hypotheses to really challenge the client, client and I even though I haven't said this completely yet in this podcast, might want to use more open questions to, to, to share more of my truth, to, 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 to allow the person to really express more of what's important to them. So when the two things meet, we can look at this, this together and we get to this place of exchange where we can make more clear promises, where we can... We have more insight about what we need to do. And we get to this place of exchange where we both figure out what we can do about this. While all the while staying connected to each other, not losing sight of the other person, but just taking a walk over to the other person's opinion and then mm, taking a walk to our opinion and bring those two together and taking a look at what can we learn from this. And then we make decisions together. I remember these steps as coax, center, open, ask, and exchange. We're going to take a short break now. And then after the break, we're going to talk more about how do we actually open? Because speaking our truth turns out to be something that most of us shy away from in some way because people might not like what we have to say. See you right after the break. You are listening to the Connected Teamwork podcast by Growth Leaders Network. Do you want to learn more about building the next level of connectedness in your team? Please contact Growth Leaders Network on LinkedIn. And now, back to the show. So you're listening to the Connected Teamwork podcast and we're talking about conflict. And what we said before the break is that the first thing is to center ourselves in something that's important to us that we always stay with, which for me is truth, love, sense of presence and become unconditional in that. So we can always stay grounded in it and don't think that we need to have this conflict resolved before we can go back to it we can always be in that we can always we can commit to being that unconditionally and then we talked about four parts which were derived from aikido the principle of aikido where we say we just use the energy we work with the energy by being centered 
by opening, by talking about what we really need to say, by asking others what they really know and want, and then by exchanging, by exchanging the energy and, and looking together. It's like, what might be true here? So we said before the break that opening, like really being honest, especially when somebody disagrees with us, can feel like so challenging. So let's look at that for a second. Think about situations, whether it's conflict or other conversations where we might be in a place of what we can call undiscussables or elephants in the room. And we don't really want to talk about them. Why might that be? Why might it be that we don't want to talk about them? So looking at that, we often find there's this inner battle between I want to be honest and at the same time, I don't want to be disrespectful. Or I'm going to be want to be so respectful, so nice, you could say, that I'm not going to say what I really, really mean. You could say, when I look at my, myself, that I sometimes withhold my honesty because, hey, I don't know whether they're going to like it. Uh, they might reject me. They might get angry. Uh, they might think I'm stupid or foolish or an idiot or whatever it is. So how do I work with that? Well, from the ego's perspective, this is an impossible task. This honesty and respect thing. Because from the ego's perspective, conflict basically is about either I'm going to be abandoned or uh, I'm going to win the day and everybody's going to be with me. The people are going to be either with me or against me. And this is going to be this polarization that happens. And so, that, so I'm going to, I'm now I'm stuck because I can only be honest if I'm guaranteed that people are going to go with me. Or I might not care about this at all and just like push everybody away. From the ego's perspective, from our separate sense of self, it's impossible. Again, when we but when we center in something deeper, presence you could say it's always it's not dependent on anything where we are motivated to really have the highest good that we can find in mind for all where it's not about my little me then speaking truth becomes something that is not because it's so i feel better so it's to further the agenda of my ego i'm speaking truth because there's something that needs to come forth, something I need to say that I believe is going to be of benefit, of value for the whole. However confrontational or difficult it might be, what I have to say. For example, I might be in a team where I need to talk about a or when I see a, a team dynamic that's dysfunctional. Like I might see that we have a lot of um, hierarchy and we basically say whatever the boss wants to say uh, wants to hear and maybe we're in, in that pattern but how do I bring this up I mean because I don't want to offend the boss I don't want to look I don't want to look like a revolutionary maybe I, but how do I do this so then I get to a place of asking myself how can I be truthful while staying really connected to myself to others 
and to the higher purpose. What are we here to do? So let's say we're working on a team and we see there's a hierarchical situation that's not functional, where you're basically fighting for airtime with the boss. Well, when I'm present, I can bring this up, first of all, with a lot of humility, right? I know that I'm not the owner of the truth. I just share my truth. So I may say something like, hey, I want to bring something up that's important to you, to me, that I think has an impact or may have an impact on the team. And it's not that easy for me to share, but I want to share it with you anyway. So, And, and as I speak, please take what you like and leave the rest. Please take what you like and leave the rest. Let it be what it is. So you provide a bit of context before. And before that, even make sure you're staying connected. So you might just, you know, say something about how you appreciate the team or something to humanize the situation. And then after the connection and the context, you talk about the content, what you really need to say. For example, I see that when we're in a team meeting and the boss joins, we're suddenly not talking about the things anymore that we talk about when the boss is not here. I've noticed that. And it's not that it's bad. That's one of the strategies of the ego to make things bad. But I don't think it's very effective. And it, I think it keeps us from being as effective as we could be. This might feel a little bit like jumping out of an airplane for the ego because we're letting go of control. And at the same time, it can be a great service because even though you're saying it, it's probably something that many people in the room were thinking, but just didn't find yet the wherewithal to say it. So how do we speak truth? We, we are centered. We don't do it with the agenda so we feel better. We do it to be of service. We do it with humility. And we do it with great respect for the people around us. And we talk about something that's deeper for us. Before I speak truth when I'm conscious, which is not always, I often pause and think about what's this really about? Not from my ego's perspective, which is often about me trying to get my agenda, my immediate needs met, fixing something or forcing something or rescuing something or like that. But it's when I look a little deeper, when I look a little deeper, what is, you know, what is really about? What is this really about? And why is that important to me? So that can help to uh, help with, with speaking, with speaking truth. There's a barometer inside of myself when I speak truth. We all know when we speak a little lie, like it feels kind of unsettling, doesn't it? Like it feels like ah, I'm not quite there. But when we speak truth, we might feel, find a sense, feel a sense of peace, a sense of strength, even though part of us might be nervous. Like that's the the survival brain is like, uh oh, does my tribe is my tribe going to go along with this? Are they going to reject me? All this stuff that we get to contend with in our 
in our nervous system. So how do we do this? So that's that's something to just maybe sit with a little bit as I think about speaking truth. What's truly important to me? And um, how do I get to this place of truth, which I can recognize because there's a sense of firmness and strength and peace in it? How does this, what I can say, how will it, will it extend the peace in my heart? And when I've said it, will I be grateful and maybe appreciate what I said and how I said it? Now, speaking truth can be some things like standing in front of a big stage in front of lots of people. And it may feel like... Uh, one of the scariest things. Some people enjoy standing on big stages. I recently went on a to a concert. Beyonce looking at her singing in front of eighty thousand people it was like her singing, speaking and singing, as if she was in her in her kitchen at home. So, and for many of us, standing in front of a lot of people is a scary thing. For many of us, speaking truth, we still hold back. So, how do we speak truth in a team? Well, what I find helpful is to, first of all, get close to myself. And then maybe I have a conversation with somebody that I trust. Not to have somebody collude with me, but maybe for me to practice saying what I need to say. For me to practice what I need to say. So it becomes something that truly is a gift. Then I speak truth as a gift unconditionally and then i can also say just like when i bring a gift take it take what you like and and leave the rest so some thoughts about conflict in this episode and speaking truth takeaways one be present and connect to what's truly important to you what do I unconditionally commit to? That a person's agreement or disagreement cannot take away. And how will I bring that to the conversation? One. Two. When I listen, really put myself into the other person's shoes and immerse myself in their perspective. Three, then work with the energy, like walk around the energy of like, oh, there's your opinion, there's my opinion. How can we, how can this work together? And four, think about speaking truth as a gift, a gift that you offer that we can offer with a lot of humility, a lot of care and well considered, like well considered, not something that just, we blurt out, but something that comes from a deeper place. I don't know about you, but often, you know, I look at difficult conversations as something that are difficult. My ego brain keeps me up at night. It's like, oh, what am I going to say? But then when I'm in it and I practice, being my, you know, what I truly am, 
my presence, care for the other, and I'm not attached to a solution, it actually even can be somewhat enjoyable because it's creative, it's generative. And we often find new ways of looking at things. One very last thing. Sometimes in conflict, especially when we're in the conversation, the picture of how both our opinions coexist doesn't emerge immediately. It's almost like our, our brains just have a hard time resetting. There's a beautiful word I learned about conjoining. It's like being gluing together. It's like the intermingling, the mixing of the energy. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. So we may not feel the relief of the clarity and the new perspective right then and there. However, sometimes, sometimes just speaking our truth and then letting that be and then sleeping over it and being quiet until how we move together going forward emerges naturally. All right. That's where we'll leave it today. You've been listening to the Connected Teamwork podcast, and we'll be back here again, as always, on Mondays at noon. And it's been a delight to sit with you and talk a little bit about conflict and speaking our truths. See you next time. I'm your host, Hilke Faber. Thank you for listening to the Connected Teamwork podcast by Growth Leaders Network. Take a moment to reflect on what you learned today that can help build your team. Also, if you like, think about one of your team members and what you appreciate about them. Let them know. Enjoy connecting more deeply to what is great about them. And see you next time at the Connected Teamwork podcast.